Hello everyone, welcome to Avoiding Entropy. I'm your host, Tumultuous. We went over in the past couple episodes why my name is Tumultuous, because of clues, and what type of entropy I'm trying to avoid, which is a loud crash of the entire human civilization. Perhaps what I failed to mention is that there is a possibility that the crash has already happened and entropy cannot be avoided because it's already occurred. A lot of people are saying that World War III is not coming because it's already here. We're already fighting it. Or rather, we're not fighting it. We're just in it without knowing. They're saying that World War III is a smart war much like smartphones, smart homes, smart watches, tablets, screens in general, just screens. If you own a screen, you're being watched and controlled, hypothetically speaking. I know that the reality of it isn't hypothetical, but let's say for instance, there is just to not have any arguments. Suppose for instance, that everything you own that has a screen is a way to control you, monitor you, and direct you towards a path that is predetermined by people controlling the screens. You have a choice between channels, stations, but the choice is an illusion as they all say the same message just in a different programming language. And the generation that is our children was born into it. I was born in 84, so although TV existed and we did have screens, I do not believe that people knew how to program the masses through them. I believe that now it's gotten to the point of Fitbits and smartwatches that take our vital signs all collect information, send it to one location, and then that is where the programming or the control happens. The interesting thing is that it's not happening by people anymore. It's all algorithms and computers. Something that the people or us have that computers do not have is the recognition of patterns. We can recognize patterns better than a computer just because we're alive. A computer can also never learn a language. It can learn the vocabulary, but it does not know context. It does not know intonation, accents, not accents like French or Spanish, accents like the stress we put on certain words. In the English language alone, there, there, and there are all the same word sounding, but in context, it's different. And there's hundreds of anomalies like that. However, what the computer can do that we cannot do is solve multiple things at the same time because it has a wider span of brain, quote unquote, storage. So how would we solve a problem? We would solve it by numerous ways, a number of different ways. But it makes it easier for us to solve a problem if we're visualizing it. Visualization is something that is a powerful tool in our brain for us to solve problems. Writing it down, 
seeing it in your mind's eye or actually constructing a simpler version of the problem. So for instance, if you ever had those standard tests that says if Mary is six feet tall and Bob is nine feet tall and Joe is shorter than Mary, then what kind of shoes is Eric wearing type of thing. And you're always like, oh my God, this one problem again. It actually helps you solve that problem exponentially easier if you write it all down. Much like multiplication. What's seven times eight? 56, right? What's 11 times 11? 121. And what's 69 times 69? Right, not that easy, huh? But if you wrote it down on a piece of paper, you'd realize that it's 4,761. It would take you a little bit longer, but you would write it down because the paper acts as a separate source of memory for you. So if you're writing things on paper, you do no longer have to worry about remembering them and your brain can use that energy towards the next execution of the problem. Right? So all the computers have algorithms that essentially build psychological profiles on people instantaneously. TikTok, for example, the algorithm builds a psychological profile of you based on what you like and the videos with which you interact. And then it puts videos it thinks you will like or predicts that you will like in front of you. That's what the For You page is for. And people hashtag it all the time thinking it's going to, you know, raise their plays. And I do too, because maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, I'm not sure. I don't think TikTok is going to divulge that information. Nor do I really care. But let's say, hypothetically speaking, that everything was used to control you. So, if that's the case, then we could be living in a simulation. A simulation is not like the matrix, which most people go to when I say that. It is not the machine world using us, that we're living in a construct a video game to feed other human beings with our whatever and to give the machines energy. I don't think that it's that way. I'm not certain, but I don't think that that's what they're talking about. However, what I was getting to is that the people that are controlling you are no longer people. It is computers, machines, artificial intelligence. It used to be people and it used to be the five companies that own all of media. Well, it still is, but what happens is once they discovered artificial intelligence and started programming artificial intelligence to learn, it did exactly that to the point where it made certain positions obsolete. So if a computer could learn how to do your job, and it does, then you no longer have a job. And the computer's learning is not like our learning. It is significantly faster. If you think about what we've accomplished in the past 10 years, or 30 years, or 60 years, what we've accomplished in the past 60 years is astronomically higher than what we've accomplished in the past 1,000 years. It's not a steady incline of productivity. It is a steep, steep increase not in a diagonal line, but a curve, very sharp curve upwards. We have 
outdone ourselves in terms of productivity and it just multiplies. Alright, there's a term for it and it eludes my memory. I don't remember. But it's a term for exp exponential learning, like how quickly we go. It's much like the, the um, experiment, if you get one penny on one day, and the next day you get two, the next day you get four, eight, sixteen. Actually, no, four, eight, sixty-four, sorry. And then you keep going. By the end of the month, for 30 days, you would have had over a million dollars. It all started with a penny, because it's multiplication, or it's a squaring, you know instead of addition that is what I'm talking about in terms of our learning like from the year that the computer was invented which was let's say for instance 1980 now it's 2020 so that's 30 years from the computer that was invented the first one looked like it was the size of a cafe you know where are we now with computers they're in your smartwatch and they can get even smaller than that if you notice the advertisements on your social media what they're advertising, what they're pushing. You'll have a nice glimpse of where we're at in terms of publicly, in terms of technology. So what I've seen is they're pushing young children or kids to code, learn to code, learn robotics. The White Hat Junior is a space program for children where children could design apps, learn to code, and then go to space. The forefront is a child in a spacesuit, an astronaut, ast astronaut suit, looking up into the stars. They're advertising this. Why do you think they're advertising that? What would be the reason? I've never seen that before. If you have, well, good for you, but it's new to me. So I applied to it, pretending I would be the kid. And it's been sending me text messages ever since. Your child will have cognitive expansion, learn things quicker. Elon Musk has created a chip. He's the one that said that we're probably living in a simulation. In fact, he believes that the odds of us not living in a simulation, which is called base reality, are in the billions. Because we have video games now that sometimes are hard to distinguish from reality. So what's to say? 30 years from now. Now think about this, remember? The first computer was 40 years ago. 30 years from now, how far, how far will the computer have gone? It will create a reality that's indistinguishable from the reality we're in now. Perhaps it already has. In the movie The Matrix, although, like I said, I don't think it is, it wasn't the year Neo thought it was. He thought it was 2001 or something, and it was really 22 something something. Because the simulation sets you back to a time where you could relate to it being real before everything went to shit. So the very thing that is controlling our TV, our advertisements, you know, you used to think that, oh, Facebook, don't turn your microphone on because, you know, Facebook could listen to what you're saying. Alexa listens to what you're saying. Yeah, I know you don't have it right. <laughs> no. Ask her if you have one. Ask her if she's recording you. And watch a computer or a robot get defensive. She gets defensive. 
she immediately tells you to go on the website and that she's not doing it and blah, 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 blah. It's interesting. So we're worried about the government listening. It's not the government. It's the machine. It's artificial intelligence is listening to what you're saying, which is much more scarier than the government because for the government, there has to be some guy sitting there listening to all these words with a cup of coffee. Maybe he had a bad day. Maybe he's sleepy. Maybe he's hungover or sick. So he'll miss a couple of words. Artificial intelligence does not get sick. They don't miss days. They listen to every single word and they have a memory span of a computer, which means that they can record the words that you're saying. And every time you say a certain one, they could program the pattern consistency of how many words you say and when. And then they could design a personal psychological profile on you just based on what you say. They don't need your voice to replicate it and steal your money. No, no, no. They're going to steal your money by you handing it over to them with a happy smile on your face. And it's not even, what even, they don't even want money anymore. They want to sway the entire human civilization's opinion on certain things. And the scariest part of everything is that the people that installed this AI, that created it, are not going to have control of it for much longer. In fact, Google, I believe, and Apple opened up a line of communication between their two created AIs. Immediately, the two AIs created a language that we could not understand and started communicating back and forth. Why would they do that? Why would they create a language that we don't understand and start communicating? Now, this isn't two people. These aren't two computer programmers writing messages to each other. This is a computer working on its own, a learning computer that immediately discovered a language that we could not understand. It went to the point where they had to unplug it. They shut it off because they didn't know what the hell they were talking about. That movie Terminator with Skynet, that's exactly what happens there. It's, you know, Long enough, it just launched all the nukes. Every nuke in the world was launched. Machines aren't going to really suffer from it except for the electromagnetic pulse, but I'm sure they could figure out a way to hide. And that is not far from where we're at right now. If the humans had to turn the two systems off, uh, as in unplug them, which means that they were at the mercy of that AI, and if there was no way to unplug those two AIs, God knows where it would be. Maybe that was the glitch. So now that the theory is widespread, people are finding these quote-unquote glitches. Birds stopping in midair dogs freezing, people freezing. Some say they're clones, some say something else. But it's there. It's on the internet. It's on the TV. Frozen bird in midair, not caught on the wire, nothing. Frozen dog, frozen people. Happens on Sports Center. happened with Eminem. happens with, like, celebrities. I said to one of my colleagues that we're probably living in the simulation. To which she replied, I kind of like the simulation. And that's the Matrix movie again. See, some of it I think is real, some of it I think is not. I don't think that we're here to feed the machine, so to speak. I think that we're here as a test to see if we could progress to the next realm. And whether it is a video game-like simulation or not, 
this reality feels real to us, but there are rules that are starting to fold a little bit. For instance, when I first started this podcast, I had an apparatus set up for telekinesis. It was a cross hanging by a string from the middle under a vase and a little side wheel on the bottom. If you don't know what a side wheel is, you should look it up. And at first I started moving it by putting my hands on the glass. Me being my own skeptic, I said, it's probably because of thermodynamics. Heat, hot air rising up and going down. So I started practicing with my hands a little bit away from the glass. The cross didn't move, neither did the side wheel, but the light next to me started flickering. Only when I did it. At first I didn't notice it, but then I kind of started paying attention to it. So I turned the lights off. I put a candle next to it so I can see. An electrical candle. One of those tea light candles that they have in restaurants. So there was no heat emanating from it. And I did it again. This time I focused on just the cross. And when it started to move, a chill ran down my spine because now I have manipulated or worked with matter with no other possible way than my mind because I was not anywhere near it for it to affect thermodynamically. There was duct tape on the bottom of the vase to where there's no air getting through. And it didn't move much, but that's not the point. The point is that it moved, which means that the law that we all know that you cannot manipulate matter with your mind is false. We can. I can. I'm not special. And if I am, well then, it doesn't really matter. Because if one of us can, the law is still wrong. I'm actually doing it right now. And it's funny because I only started doing it when I started talking about it. Little by little, the cross moves. And the side wheel on the bottom stays still. If I draw attention to that, it moves, and so on and so forth. So telekinesis is a real power. That means it always has been. And all it takes is for your mind to think a certain way, for your mind to change perception of what reality is. Not be afraid. To be confident. Much like manifestation, the law of attraction. That's a real thing, too. I posted on TikTok and given you an example of how it works when a dark night rises, when Bruce Wayne gets out of the prison by jumping and reaching the ledge. People ask me often, why can't I manifest this? Why can't I manifest that? Well, because if you manifest somebody giving you a million dollars tomorrow, chances are it's not going to happen, right? Why not? Well, because it's a pretty big manifestation. And if it's something small, like, I need a new tie, or I wish it would rain, or I need food in my stomach. Those are not as big as somebody handing you a million dollars. But theoretically speaking, even that one's possible. But just like alchemy, which is essentially exactly what manifestation is, is alchemy. An alchemist must sacrifice a part of him or her in order for the change to happen. So the little boy that was changing silver coins into gold, or metal coins into gold, with every switch, 
he sacrificed a part of his life, a part of him. So for you to get the ultimate reward, you must put up the ultimate sacrifice. Somebody to hand you a million dollars tomorrow is possible, but you have to die for it. The reason it doesn't work, manifestation is this, for some people, for most people, is that they don't understand that you have to live and act as if it's already happening. But how can I act if it's ha that's already happening when it hasn't happened yet? That's why you can't manifest. It's releasing the rope that secures you and is the only border between you and death, which is actually only the only thing that is holding you back from making that jump and getting out of the hole. Because once you lose the fear of the rope, lose the fear of dying, if you miss the jump, you will not miss the jump. Because if you're willing to die for it, it doesn't matter. There is no fear. What I say to you is, whether we're living in the simulation or not, you can't control it. You can't control the fact that we are where we are and who we are. But what I always say is that if you can't control the situation, you should always control the way you react to the situation because that is where your power lies. So, day by day, you need to realize and you need to see the small signs of just like the TikTok algorithm putting videos it thinks you like in front of you, so is the universe doing with your life. It is constructing the reality for you based on your intentions. Not your actions, but your intentions behind those actions. So if you're always doing nice things, but it is to get recognition and to be noticed, noted for and rewarded for, then your reality is going to be exactly that. There's going to be seemingly good things that happen to you, but then you'll be paying for them twice as much. But if your intentions are good, if you intend to just do good for anything and everyone, yes, you will kill a centipede because it's freaky to you, but everything else you'll save. Then the reality that you may be constructed with is slightly more positive. Because as you do that, as you simplify your life into becoming good and just genuinely being good, you simply begin to realize that the most wealthiest man, the richest man, the truly rich man, is a person that is content with having little or content with what they have. So everything up to the today or up to your point you've been building for yourself, look around you. Are you happy with what you have or do you want more? If you want more, manifestation will never work, ever. Once you can realize that you're happy with what you have, you will start getting more of those things. And it doesn't mean that you'll get more mediocrity. You have to realize that what you have is not mediocre. What you have is special. What you have is amazing. And it also doesn't mean you have to be grateful for breathing. You should be, but that's not what I'm talking about. You must learn how to find value. Meaning to seek something that is important and that can teach you a lesson 
in literally every action you perform and everything that you see and hear. It doesn't mean that you have to do it with everything that you have, you can see and hear. You should be able to do it, should you need to. If your car broke down, think about why the walk that you're going to have to the gas station is better than you having to drive to the gas station. What have you, what can you gain? And if there's nothing whatsoever that you can gain, then you have gained the fact that you should not do that. Once you learn that you have the ability to extract value from anything, then you may progress. You may progress to showing that ability to other people. And again, you don't get somebody to be nice. You don't get somebody to be positive, just like I don't make the cross move with telekinesis. I don't make it or manipulate it. I'm sharing and I'm understanding that we are the same thing and I'm humbly asking it to move with me if it wants to. And it's just a cross. But the cross listens. Or the paper listens. Now why should a person listen to you? Who the hell are you to the person to tell them how to think? No one. Which is why the thing that you must do is focus on yourself. Being happy. Drawing value and not respect, expecting anything from it. And you will see how not only will the universe respond, other people will be drawn to you and want to do that too. And if they ask you, how do you do this? You tell them, I wake up in the morning and I live my life. I wake up in the morning and I live my life and I try to make find something useful in everything I do. Because honestly, I can't understand what they mean when they ask me that. How do you do that? How do I do what? And then they give me a specific example and try to explain to them. But at the end of the day, I don't know what they're talking about because that's just the way I am. And the way I am is because it's a norm for me. It's a standard which is what your mind will do. Once your mind has the perception of the universe doing this, constructing the reality that you believe, only after you've conditioned yourself to not really think about it, your mind will make that as the norm and then the universe will sync up with the mind and it will be constantly constructing the reality that you want based on your intentions, which are also, also uh, sorry, always good to where you don't have to think about it anymore. Kind of like doing the multiplication on a piece of paper. You don't have to worry about memory because the paper's doing that for you. You have to focus on execution. Your subconscious is the paper. You just make sure you keep doing it. And then the more people you help, the more people will be drawn to you. And the more people they help, it'll all stem from you, but you do not want recognition. The reward here is that you found out how to be happy with that which you already have. Because more is not always better. In fact, more is usually never better because it signifies that you desire, that you crave, and you're addicted 
if you want more. But if you're okay and happy with what you got, you're one step closer to actually opening your third eye, which has nothing to do with vision. It has nothing to do with an eye opening. It has everything to do with seeing the world and life as so beautiful that you are in utter ecstasy about everything. That is only reached when you can absolutely have zero desires, truly enlightened. Because all the people that are claiming that they're woke and enlightened, they are not, and I am not. Most people don't get enlightened until they die. And that's just because you remember everything. It's very difficult. And if you don't believe me, watch YouTube or TED Talks of the master yogas, the yogis that have been doing this for years and years and years. And when someone asks them if they're enlightened or if they've reached the opening of the third eye, they laugh. Because it was difficult for gods to do, our gods. So for us to say it, we have no idea what that even means. But we can get close, hopefully close enough to make a change in this world and see what happens when the AI puts their third eye against ours. Happy thinking, everyone. I'll see you soon.